Welcome to In the Isles, the movie and TV podcast that won't save your life, but might save you an average of 90 to 120 minutes each week. I'm James. I'm Dan. This week, we're going to talk about what we've been watching, have some real news, and our main review is Ambulance, directed by Michael Bay. I never thought we'd get to a Michael Bay film. I thought he was dead and buried, but here he is, rocking up with a... Good film, you'll find out. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say at this point, but uh, yeah, should make for an interesting debate. Very interesting. How are you, Daniel? I'm all right. Given that I finished my current employment last week, well, it's not current anymore, is it? It's been a crazy old time. Not really had any time to relax. I uh, had a wedding as well. My dad's wedding. Congratulations, Dad. You don't listen. Pointless. Um. But no, I'm, apart from that, I'm now feeling relieved. So I'm I'm in a good place, albeit a bit tired. Are you all right? I'm okay. I got a new phone case that you can slot uh, your cards into the back of. All right, okay. The wallet, the wallet case, basically. But it's got it's, it's it's a magnetic flap on the back that you use to put your cards in, and that's made me feel like I've got a new lease of life, a new new phone case, reduced bulk in my pockets, don't have to carry a wallet. It's just tiny things, isn't it, that make the biggest difference? Yeah. You find it easier to contactless pay now? Or... I know I, I use Apple Pay anyway, so. All right, it's a bit pointless then, really, isn't it? Not really. Well, no, because I don't have to carry a wallet. Why do you have to if you've got Apple Pay? Well, you, well, you just might, you can't rely only on Apple Pay. Fair enough. I do, but whatever. Okay. We'll leave it there, shall we? <laughs> Go on then, James. It's been a week, so I'd imagine you've you've crammed in loads of content that you've been watching. Why don't you tell me about it? I watched Pixar's latest film that's on Disney Plus, Turning Red, directed by Domi Shi, her directorial debut. And it, it boiled to the surface because of some controversy did you read the controversy about a review in cinema blend oh yeah was it about marginalizing its target audience because it concentrates on a particular yeah, yeah. the cinema the cinema blend review just said this is this is good but i don't think it's really aimed at me so i personally didn't enjoy it and that's my feelings and there was a huge backlash to that review so what i'll say is it turning red one of the best films of the year i think certainly a film that in terms of animation performance and writing is near perfect and i laughed i, I cried sometimes laughing and crying simultaneously happened um in terms of the the plotting of it Towards the end, it does, I think it goes off the rails a bit. I can't really say why without spoiling it because of the scale that it takes and the action, but it doesn't take away from the huge, that almost life-changing impact that that it's had on me. Wow. Okay. I mean, you text me about this during the week and I thought you said, yeah, wasn't that keen. So I'm surprised mm. to hear you were so hot on it. Yeah, I was. And just to 
say as well what it's actually about. There is this this girl, um, and she turns into a red panda suddenly one morning, and she's shocked. She's shocked that she's turned into a panda. She's very embarrassed, and it turns out that she turns into this panda when she becomes over-emotional. There's a twist explanation for it that I think took, a, took away from the allegory or the metaphor or the themes a little bit. Like there's a very literal reason for her turning into a, a panda. And that's what it ends up mainly, the story ends up mainly being about that, about the, the family legacy and stuff. It was still, still excellent, near perfect film. Yeah, I've been meaning to give this a watch. Weird, isn't it, that it's, or is it, that it's just rocks up on Disney Plus, given we're in more normal times? Why is it not out of the cinema? Yeah, and they've released other films out of the cinema. Maybe they just flip a coin and say, this one goes to Disney cinemas, this one goes on to Disney Plus. <laughs> no, I've heard nothing but good things, so uh, thanks for adding to that. I'll, uh, I'll be checking it out. Anything else that you've been watching? We crashed on Apple TV Plus. Have you heard of this with Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway? Yes. Again, something else I've been wanting to watch. It's about the true story of WeWork, the company that was valued at $47 billion, but then it crashed to much less than that, maybe <laughs> seven or 10 billion. <laughs> and the founder of WeWork, Adam Newman, who's played by Jared Leto, he came up with this idea of WeWork, which is basically shared office space. So the cool workers can rent office space to work in. But in order to do that, the business has to rent the whole building. So there were questions over how sustainable is this business really? How much is it really worth? And Adam Newman overstated how much it was worth. And when all that was revealed, he was removed from the company and we crashed begins with Adam Newman with that event, I think in 2019, when Adam Newman was going to be kicked out of the company. Flashback to the very beginning where he gets the idea for the company. It's good. It's good. But it focuses on the, too much on the love story. So on the, the Google summary, the Google plot synopsis, it says the love story at the center of the rise and fall of one of the world's most valuable startups. We work grows from a single co-working space into a global brand. Now I would rather just see a short series about the business side of it and an insight into startups and being overvalued and things like that. But this, the love story really is too much at the center of everything. And you get every single detail of their of Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto's relationship. Too much focus on it. I'm not interested. I skipped entire scenes that was just, yeah, we get it. This is a when they're not getting on. This is when they are getting on. Just get to the business side of things. So I've watched three episodes that are out. It's good. It is good, but to have eight episodes is maybe a bit much, and it's a shame because it is really good. And it's an Apple TV Plus, and again, it's a very slick, cool production that is sometimes so well done, it seems a bit sterile in a way that I can't really explain. And I want to know if Jared Leto's being de digitally de-aged or not because he just looks really weird, but I don't know if it's makeup. I would recommend it, but I think let it all come out and then binge it, but skip some scenes as well because you just need it to you just need it to get to the point. 
Well, I feel like you saying that you skip scenes and not entire episodes is a sign of how good it is because that's your normal trick, isn't it? It's just yeah. to, yeah, full on skip an episode here and there. So, what speed did you watch this in? <laughs> normal speed. You can you can only do it on Netflix. The uh, speed up thing. Oh. Um. Did I say on this podcast a few weeks ago, by the way, that I, I did watch something in 1.25 speed and it was a game changer and I, I fully understand and embrace what you've done. Yeah, it is a game changer because it doesn't, it's only when music is playing that you can tell it's sped up. No, I agree. I'm, I'm just very yeah. shocked. I didn't think it would be that seamless. But there yeah. you go. Very good. Another Apple TV Plus update. Have you, have you kept watching Severance? No, I was going to ask you about this because I've disgusting. just... What's disgusting? You are a disgrace. You are a disgrace. I thought you'd keep watching <laughs> No, I am. What happened was we we had a bit of a full-on day and I said, oh, let's watch Severance. It's been a few weeks. How did we forget? And we put it on and I don't know what it was. Like exhaustion maybe, don't know, but I just couldn't... I couldn't get into it. I thought you're losing me here. And we were halfway through the episode and I just said, I'm not in the mood for this. And we turned it off. And I'm sure that's not a dip in quality. The problem is me. I am a disgusting human being. I will sort it out. But please tell me it continues to be great. It continues to be great. It's going to be on the top five. At the end of the year, absolutely no doubt. I think there's one episode left. Or maybe there's three if it's an episode series. But it's, it's descended to consistent greatness and we'll come on to it in real news but apple tv making waves at the minute it would seem at last mm. all 67 pieces of content finally working the magic yeah okay. daniel what have you been watching jeremy kyle death on daytime <laughs> so sorry for laughing it's really not the subject matter to laugh about it's a Channel 4 documentary that is about the death of Steve Diamond and how his suicide marked the end of the Jeremy Kyle show um, following an appearance that he made. If you're a non-UK listener, Jeremy Kyle is the UK equivalent of Jerry Springer, I suppose. Nowhere near as full on as that. It's probably a bit more like Ricky Lake, um, but Jeremy Kyle was quite an abrasive guy. And what this documentary does is successfully reinvent your understanding of what was going on and how vulnerable these people were and how culpable you are in just sitting by and watching disaster strike. Now, I, I associate Jeremy Kyle with the best of my sick days. Um, so uni, uh, impromptu days off actual work, uh, this this was it for me. I thought, well, I'll shove JK on, obviously. I didn't call it JK. I don't know why I've just said that. Um, I watched it a lot. It was part of my youth. And when it ended, I was more upset than I was when the Spice Girls split up, I think. No, I'm, I'm joking. I hadn't watched it for years, but I thought, oh, what a shame. And, and this paints a very dark story of what happened in the background of producing this show, you know, how ITV just preyed on the vulnerable and exploited them. It's perfectly fine. Uh, it's interesting enough, but I had a bit of a weird problem where I actually, I'm not going to do it now because it's not the platform, but I had a rant at the end of watching it to my partner because everyone interviewed who was on the show, who's dishing out the dirt, 
they're all played by actors, so you don't see any of these people. And I just thought, probably me being cynical, but I thought, why should I believe you? None of you are being accountable here. I can't see your face. You could say whatever the hell you want, and no one's ever going to you know, make you pay for it. And I don't know if that seems a bit wrong, maybe, and a bit judgy on my part, but I didn't like the fact that it could just be absolute nonsense. Um, I don't think it is, but it's just how it was left feeling. But there you go. Um, Death on Daytime. Is that an ITV? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just slaughtering their own network, going, what a mess we made. No, sorry, it's on Channel 4. Okay. Channel 4 didn't, didn't, doesn't Channel 4 uh, Jerry Springer? Well, it did, I think. I think they had to. Well, they, this is part of the problem. It's it's awful. It is awful what happened. But the, I Googled this. There was 4,969 Jerry Springer shows. You're not telling me there wasn't some degree of fallout from that. They're guilty by association. I just, I just, it's cancel culture, isn't it? And, and it just uh, rubs me up. The wrong way, a bit. But I think I should leave it there. What else have you been watching? Mass. This has been streaming on Now TV since January, I think. And I watched it way back in January. But I thought, I can't I can't actually articulate what this film means and how good it is. And I've left it till now. And since then, I've decided I still can't put it into words. But I want more people to watch it. And... I don't believe I should have done my research. I don't think this has been nominated for any awards. It has, but I mean, like the ones that are coming out now, the Oscars and whatnot, maybe it just fell short of that nomination period. I don't know. But it's an incredibly powerful and important film. There's nothing flashy about it. It's essentially a stage play put on film. But my word, it just packs a proper emotional punch. And it's just four strangers in a room discussing trauma. And I don't want to tell you what the trauma is or how it plays out. You just need to watch it. So if that's enough for you to go and watch it, then do so. But if not, probably skip ahead two minutes. I'll give you a bit more detail. You don't mind, do you? I'm not going to spoil No. So the first 10 minutes of this film, you have no idea of what's going on other than some people are meeting up in a room. And my partner just kept going, what's going on? What is going on here? What's happening? I don't get it. I don't get it. And that's fine. I was in the same boat. Um, I'll never play this back to her because I did this a few weeks ago and she went mental. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I was just like, just go with it. Let's just see what happens. But if you do stick past them 15 minutes, you will get absorbed into it. It's like you're a fly on the wall of a conversation that you should not be privy to. And these two families, husband and wife on both sides, they're dealing with grief for very different reasons. And it's about them reconciling that between themselves. And that is all there is to it. It's very universal in its themes, but I think I'd imagine it's a lot more apt in the US. And once you've seen it, you'll know exactly what I mean. It, it revolves around a gun violence crime. There you go. I've said it. But it's four tortured souls just trying to make sense of the madness of the world. And I just thought it was unbelievably good. I will not be watching it again because it's a bit too harrowing. But everybody needs to watch this at least once. It is great. And I think it will be in my top five of the year. It's mass on now TV. Okay. 
I don't think it could be more universal in its themes than Turning Red. I think that is a truly universal film with universal appeal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> Two entirely different films, I would I would imagine there, but I understand your point. And um, yeah, I'll report back next week on Turning Red. But that's it. That's That's all I've been watching. Okay. James, do you want to bitch slap me into real news? Yes. It's the real thing. It is now real, real news, news. Did you wake up this morning and think, oh, I'll see if Cordra or Power of the Dog won and then saw something you didn't expect on the Oscar <laughs> news? Because that's what I did. That is exactly how it played out for me, uh, with the added bit of me forgetting that it was the Oscars last night. So just bam, in my face. Wow. Okay. This is a lot to absorb this morning. Yeah. It's, it's, I haven't really processed it yet. So there's, a, there's a lot of so high quality memes coming out of the <laughs> Will Smith, Chris Rock moment. But I feel like I can't quite process that it, that it actually happened. Yeah. So... We're skirting around it a bit. I'm sure you all know full well because it's the story that will dominate the day. But um, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. So he effectively ended his career before reaching the height of his career three minutes later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and accepting a Best Actor Oscar. Yeah, I don't know what to say on that. Um, somebody slagged your wife off on stage. You probably have a similar reaction, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. It's difficult to say. The reaction to the the reaction is interesting. So, I thought there was a broad consensus that it was bad. He shouldn't have done it. But then, if you look to Twitter, there's there is a very there is a large segment of people saying you should defend Will Smith. This shows how harmful jokes are. It was the right thing to do, and that that's interesting. But then the majority of it is this was bad. And here are some here are some memes. Yeah, and like like we've just said, it's all very very fresh at the moment. But I'm hearing conflicting things as well because didn't he? So the slap came before the acceptance of his best actor Oscar, his first. But he got a standing ovation, so it was almost like you're all right, Will. We support you in slapping someone on stage. It's not a problem. Your career's not over, uh, which in hindsight, maybe a few people have woke up this morning and thought, oh, I wish I'd just sat down. That's that's going to affect me going forward. That I should not have supported him. Yeah. That. No, I think at, at the moment, it seems like no one's commented on it. That's another interesting thing that, that I want to see that I'm more interested now is that in the, in the aftermath, in the post-award interviews, there's one clip of a group, I don't know who they are, sorry, being asked about it and say, we're not going to talk about that. They just ignore it and talk about their own award, which is fine. And then there's a, there's a clip of like Bill Murray just walking straight past all the press at some like Vanity Fair after party. Even though it's pretty clear cut, the celebs, they're just keeping quiet. Mm. And that's, in, that's interesting. Who's going to break silence and say something about it? Because the whole planet's talking about it, but the people that are actually there, they're just, yeah, we're not going to say anything. It's too, it's too awkward. But yeah, the standing ovation, they're programmed to do a standing ovation for someone who finally wins an Oscar after years and years, so that's what they did. Yeah, slap aside. 
and even though, well, it definitely doesn't seem like a boring Oscars um, compared to previous years. You can't say that. Yeah. Um, well, for one, it's like 10 seconds out of five hours. So I'm not sure it would have been worth watching just for that. No, that's, that's a fair point. But maybe he's bought the Academy at least a few more years in terms of being a televised event. If if stuff like yeah. this can go down, yeah, it's like the Moonlight and uh, La La Land mix up, which was five years ago. No, it was. Out. I thought that it was five years. It was five years. Oh God! So there's this, and then in in another five years, something else will happen. But we probably shouldn't have led with that. But it is the news that's dominating the day. Bigger news, vindication for us, James. What happened? Coda won Best Picture. Yes! So happy. happy. I thought Power of the Dog had it in the bag, Mm. but it's only in the past week that this conversation changed from, oh, Coda's the the sort of, the the other competition. And then it switched to being, oh, Coda could be the front runner. And then Coda's won. Unbelievable. But unbelievably good. I am so happy for that film. And Mark's history, doesn't it, by being the first ever streaming service to win Best Film. So Yeah. Congrats. Take that, Netflix. <laughs> In your $15.99 a month face. I don't even know who else won. Jessica Chastain, she got an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. She, she did. Just completely off the radar, though, her winning. <laughs> Not seeing your film. <laughs> Not bothered about you winning. You're just off the list of things to talk about. Oh. But Coda, I just want to talk about Coda more. You know, we actually reviewed Coda along with Pig. And I think we thought, oh, this isn't really much of a film to talk about. Like No one has Apple TV Plus. No one cares. And I think it only was nominated for three other awards or three awards in total. And there's some stat that it's the first film to win Best Picture with only three or four nominations since mm. a really, really long time, yeah. decades. And that's how much of an outsider it was. But totally deserved. Indeed, yeah. Congrats all round for everybody involved with that film. And hopefully, as we said, uh, Apple TV, bit bit short on its content, but maybe that'll get them some much needed... I mean, Apple don't need money, but you know what I mean. They'll be able to plow money into more and more content and... Hopefully yeah. we will see it grow. Any other Oscars news? Um, Dune won the most, didn't it? But it won, it won all the technical awards. Ah, and again, who gives a damn about that? Yeah, well, not, but even the Oscars don't care because the, they didn't even broadcast some of them. So Hans Zimmer won the, his second Oscar. It wasn't even broadcast on television. Um, I wanted to make a quick correction, and it does fall into the category of real news. Last week we were talking about the Batman. And I said, Colin Farrell, we, we are sure to see more of his The Penguin in uh, the next The Batman. And I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It's not going to be in film form. I, I did know about this and didn't say it. He's getting his own TV series. So if you liked Colin Farrell and his heavy, heavy makeup and fat suit in that film, you will see it in televisualized format in the near future. So there you go. I didn't know that. That's interesting news. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a prequel. If it's set between Batman 1 and 2, that could be. That could be good. Again, lacking the detail, but 
it exists, and that's the news that I'm bringing you. So that'll have to do. James, I'm feeling a bit faint. Do you want to call me to call an ambulance? Yes. Synergy. Hello, I'd like to order an opinion, please. This film is new, fresh point of view. Hold me sit back, this is a fact. We in the aisles, here are some aisles. Thoughts in sync, tell you what to think. I'll listen to you, but please don't rap again. This week's main review is Ambulance. Officers down in front of the bank. Automatic weapons being fired. Easy, 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 easy. You want to drive or can I drive? Bank robbery suspects have taken an ambulance. I got a cop shot. Got to get him to the hospital. We're doing hostages now. Yeah! I came to you for a loan. You're my brother. Have I ever gotten you anything that I couldn't get you out of? Lock everything down. We're just trying to get home. We don't get to walk off into the sunset. I have a plan. Move, move, let's go, move, move, let's go, let's go, move now, move, let's go, let's go, move now, let's go, let's go, move, move, let's go now, now, let's move, come on, come on, let's move, go, let's move, move, come on, let's go, move, let's go now, come on, let's move, move, let's go, come on, now, go, let's move. Go, 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 let's move now. Go, let's move. Come on, go now. Let's move. Go, come on now. Go, let's move. Let's move. <laughs> Needing money to cover his wife's med- medical bills, a decorated veteran teams up with his adoptive brother to steal $32 million from a Los Angeles bank. However, when their getaway goes spectacularly wrong, the desperate thieves hijack an ambulance that's carrying a severely wounded cop and an MMT EMT worker. This is making this way more complicated than the film actually is. Caught in a high-speed chase, the two siblings must figure out a way to outrun the law while keeping their hostage alive. It's speed in an ambulance. <laughs> oh, God, I can't cope. <sighs> Sorry. All right. Compose myself. James, what did you think? Of move, move, go, the film. My expectations were, I think, were reasonably set for it being a Michael Bay film. And I'd watched the trailer and I was ready to just enjoy a little bit of a little bit of action. Uh, the plot is way more straightforward than that Google summary that I've just provided. Bank robbery set up, they get in an ambulance, a police officer is bleeding out and it's Isa Gonzalez, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Yaya Abdul-Mateen II in the ambulance trying to avoid the police. That plot is clear enough. It's fine. And I think those three main actors, especially the two adoptive brothers, they keep things, things going. I think the way they drag it out, though, is via the police, that people chasing after them, led by Garrett Dillahunt, the captain. He has these overcomplicated strategies chasing down the ambulance. He tries to play like a psychological game of we're going to push them and then pull back, push them and then pull back, which is basically action scene, break, action scene, break. So that's the plot that it contrives to have. But the rhythm keeps going nicely enough. Yes, it is speed, but in an ambulance and speed is die hard in a bus 
and every action film they say is just die hard just in different locations but it still works it being a michael bay film the camera never says says still it's a little bit nauseating but what is notable i think is the amount of drone footage that he has he's, he's got a drone and he's not afraid to use it there's so much drone stuff there's even a a bit where someone has a really sensitive scene and then it cuts to a drone, like zooming down on the streets. Like, this is not the time to cut to some drone footage. There's even a drone, I think. A drone goes under a car as it's flipping over. Lots of drone footage, but it looks pretty cool. The cast, then, I think they're, they're not playing the most like deep characters that you've ever seen. But like Jake Gyllenhaal is intense throughout. And he's a complete and total psycho that becomes clear i don't know at what point it became clear but it took me a while to realize oh are they trying to do this sympathetic thing with him then i realized no he's not he's mental the main character is actually his brother yaya abdul mastin the second mateen the second and he like plays that role of oh we don't really want to be here but i am here very well it's a good dynamic it's simple it works it's fine and Isa Gonzalez is just caught in the middle of it. And she's she's good as well. They're good. It's fine. Maybe it's because my expectations were so middling, but I came out of it feeling, yeah, that was a middling, okay, film. What did you think of Ambulance? I did want to ask you, I can't recall our teenage years well enough, but my, Michael Bear as director... Was he the punching bag that I remember for me and you? Because we were a bit pretentious as, as film snobs. But I feel like we did have him as a guilty pleasure sort of thing. Or did we actually just berate the guy and think he was trash? I don't know. I, I remember that you really liked The Rock. Mm. With Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. And I liked it as well. And Bad Boys was good. Yeah. So I don't think we did look down on him it was not maybe not a guilty pleasure just a genuine pleasure because yeah. bad boys 2 had a really good car chase in it maybe maybe it was it. just that we acknowledged the critique of him because he he's not the most subtle of filmmakers um he's very in your face isn't it fair enough that that was fine two films by the way the rock and bad boys he has the balls to reference his own films in this film, there's a reference to The Rock and a line said by Sean Connery and then another reference to Bad Boys. And I thought, oh, come on, get over yourself. Anyway, um, I'd never heard of this film until a few weeks ago. And like I said at the beginning, I was like, oh, Michael Bay still around. There you go. Revelation. And I can identify issues with this filmmaking, but I can't say I've ever been bored with a Michael Bay film. I don't think that's even possible. This one, I, I was questioning the logic and believability of quite a bit of it, definitely, all the way through. But the moment-to-moment action didn't help that because it wasn't cohesive, I don't think, but it was so quick that I can't actually tell you if I'm right or not. But it is everything... You know, it's in keeping with what I expect of a Michael Bay film. It's loud, it's bombastic. The camera, as you've said, is all over the show. It's straight up doing somersaults and going up and down buildings. It's like it's having a seizure. It's a bit weird. 
Um, but it was entertaining. And it is two hours and 15 minutes, which is too long. It demands to be a 90-minute film, this, but Peo, he couldn't help himself. Uh, but it's relentless, non-stop action and tension. And like you said, you're trapped in an ambulance with these two criminals who are having a, a downright terrible day, to say the least, and a paramedic who's not having the time of a life. And by the end of it, I did feel like I'd been through an ordeal. The tension in my eyes was maintained pretty much throughout the entire thing. And I think that is an achievement to, for two hours and 15 minutes. Well done. Part of the way in which he does that, though, and retains that tension is what we've already alluded to. It, it's a cheat in my eyes. It's so frenetically shot and edited that I couldn't help feeling. I know that this is a bit stereotypical of, of Michael Bay, but it's like he's just turned it up another notch and he's doing it for a TikTok generation. It's literally two, three seconds at most that you get a shot and then it's on to the next one. It is chopped to shit. And my head was fried because I just didn't have a moment to think. And it reminded me of Red Notice a bit in that way. Regardless, it did still work for me. I just wish, and I think I probably said a similar thing with Red Notice, just let a moment breathe. Like there are so many explosions and impro uh, impressive stunts in this that I thought just show that in all its glory because it looks really cool but it's just fleeting. It's gone before you've even had time to process it. And it, it is a shame because I genuinely think there are some really, really good stunts in this. And I, I, I'm probably completely wrong, but this felt like one of the most heavily practical films I've seen in ages. And it was only afterwards I thought, I never questioned whether any of that was CGI, and I don't remember the last time when that happened. Um, so praise, praise again. I know that that's coming off that I'm saying it's a bit of a masterpiece and I'm not, it's not in the slightest, but there's something about this filmmaking in my mid thirties where I, I'm feeling confused because I'll happily take more of this. I will. I really, really enjoyed it. And I am conscious of suffering backlash like we did with the army of the dead review when we quickly regretted it. But yeah, I'm not going to deny, I probably won't be thinking about this film in a few weeks, but in the moment, I had a very good time. And fuck you, Michael Bear, you made me cry. You made me cry at the end. I, I am ashamed of myself, but I did shed a tear. So there you go. That's my thoughts. Army of the Dead, Oscar-winning Army of the Dead. It won the People's Choice Award at the Oscars. You're having a downright laugh with me, is it? The it did, yeah. The public vote, vote were able to vote for the first time. Don't know what I don't know what else was nominated. It was like it was it's like a popular choice award. I can see that category being removed. They've made a mocker of it already. Yeah, yeah. The practical effects. There was, I think, it. There was a bit um, that when the the police, I'm sorry, the the ambulance drives off the busy road into a completely empty concrete space and then they do loads of crazy car stunts including a big car flip in that concrete space and then drive out of it again onto a road and it really stood out to me it's like we need to drive somewhere do some stunts and then drive off onto the road again but it was fine because it just showed this is actually real they've actually done this and yeah it did look really good and i think you're right it didn't need to be so flashy 
because you've got real cars exploding and that's cool like that's enough you don't need to have so many cuts yeah it's the only thing i'd change about the film just to dig into that a bit more uh, without ruining it too much so at the beginning there's a bank robbery which we've said <laughs> I, either i missed it but they are they're going into the bank right the next minute They've taken over the bank. All the staff are on the floor, but you don't see the actual takeover. It's just happened. And then straight after, there's there's a singular cop outside, right? Next minute, all guns blazing. People are shooting in all directions, but as far as I can see, at one police officer. And then a load more turn up, and it just... It doesn't positionally make a lot of sense yeah, where anybody yeah. is or where they're shooting, but it's so quickly edited that you just don't have time to go, hang on a minute. You know what you mean? It's not a, it's it's no heat bank heist, that's for sure. It just, they just get people into place. So, right, they're basically, they're in the bank. Okay, right, just, so we'll just show them in the bank. That's fine. Okay, now they're out of the bank. It yeah. does, um, doesn't really make sense. I don't know if this is a spoiler or not because it's in, it's the first. Like it's the setup of the film. So a police officer is shot in the stomach by accident. And the two main characters, the brothers, they do not want this police officer to die because if you kill a cop, that's life sentence. That's really bad. So they don't want this police officer to die. So they're in the ambulance and they have this EMT with them. They really want to keep this police officer alive. That's extremely important. So in that context, it was very strange that they were running police cars off the road and definitely killing the drivers that were inside. That didn't make any sense to me. Let's keep this one police officer alive, but we'll have a car chase in which about 10, 15 police cars get completely destroyed. Yeah. You're not wrong. The the morals of this film are much like the camera, all over the place. Um, it didn't make a lot of sense to me either, but I was having too much of a good time to dwell on it, but the problem is there. Anything else pre-spoilers? No, that's all. Daniel, would you recommend Ambulance? I Ruddy well would, yes. And I'd recommend going watching it at the cinema because I think it's one of those films. James, what about you? Yes, I would also recommend it. To my surprise. Will we regret this recommendation? Yes. Let's get to spoilers. Bruce Willis. Real name is... Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a lot. Spoilers. Danny Sharp and Will Sharp have robbed this bank. The rest of the crew gets killed pretty early on. Danny Sharp's totally insane. Will Sharp has been dragged into it. He just wants money for his wife's cancer treatment. Is it his wife? I thought it was yeah. his son. Ah, okay. They almost get away with it. They enlist the help of some gangsters. They agree to split half with the gangsters, but the gangsters say, oh, actually, no, we'll take all of it. But the Sharp brothers kill all the gangsters, escape again, and in the end, they try to take oh no 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 <laughs> the e the emt isa gonzalez she accidentally shoots will sharp the good brother so they drive to a hospital in the ambulance because they want they don't want will sharp to die but ultimately will sharp kills his brother danny because danny says i'm gonna kill 
Isaac Gonzalez. So Will kills his own brother in the end, but still gets arrested. But the EMT gives Will Sharp's wife a huge wad of cash. Thus being able to pay for her cancer treatment. So everyone lives happily ever after. And also there's a bit of a combined conspiracy with everyone involved to just basically say it was the mental brother that did all the bad stuff. This Will guy who actually did shoot the cop accidentally. Nah, he, he was just, he was a hero, if anything. And yeah. presumably we're not shown it, but he will go on to just have a scot-free life out of jail because uh, his brother dragged him into it and he was doing it all against his will. So there you go. Yeah. You know, that they, they really over-egged the moment where the police officer who was shot in the stomach at the start of the film, he's in the hospital bed. <clears throat> And he's asked, which man shot you? Are you laughing because you know where I'm? Where I'm yeah. They, he's, he's, he's asked, he's, they show him an iPad, and he says, which man shot you? And it's an image of Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaya Abdul-Mateen, like two separate images. And this is the key moment. If he points out the good brother, Will Sharp, he's the one that's going to go to jail for life, but only for killing this one police officer. Not for killing all the other ones. <laughs> and they <laughs> and they said, which man shot you? And the nurse is flicking between the two images and it cuts to the police officer, flick between the two images again, slowly rises his finger up. Which guy, which which criminal shot you? Slowly rises his finger up, flick between the images again. And he and it's Yaya Abdul Mateen's picture that he points at. And it's always oh, gonna tell him it was him. And then the police officer says, this man, oh no, he's going to say this man shot me. This man saved my life. So overdone. More overdone than my explanation of it. It was just, it was too much. It's just not the question that I asked you, mate. I said, who shot you? Listen, listen. <laughs> no, it was a bit too much that. But again, even as ridiculous as it was, I was still kind of caught up in it going, oh, is he? Oh, nice, nice. Cheap shot, but you had me. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was a bit too much. There was a there was a confusing arc with uh, Aza Gonzalez's character. So at the start of the film, she says, "Look, drop them off, forget about them. I don't care about these people." And then at the end, she realizes, "Oh, actually, maybe I should care about people." And she she visits the girl whose life she saves in the opening scene of the film and realizes, oh, I do care about people. I didn't think she was that drastic about not caring about people. She it's basically don't get emotionally she, well, she openly says she doesn't care, but it's more, I thought I thought it was more like it's better for everyone if you just don't get too emotionally attached. But then at the end, it's like, oh no, she was a bad person, but now she is going to be extremely emotionally attached and invested in every emergency that she gets involved in. I think maybe, I mean, it's weird to read any form of subtext in the Michael Bay film because it surely doesn't exist. But maybe there's something in there about her prejudging the Will character, thinking you're just a criminal, I don't care about you, die. And then by the end, she kind of sees his struggle and why he's doing what he's doing and comes to understand there's a bit more to it than that. And were it not for her going, I'm going to actively try and save this guy's life when all the police around 
um, near the end when he's lying on the floor bleeding out, are just like, leave him, leave him. She thinks, well, if I didn't get emotionally involved, that guy would have just bled out and died. So I need to care more about these people. I'm butchering this, but do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I don't know. Um, I'll tell you one bit that I really didn't like. So we're meant to, by the end, buy into this plight of the Will character and and how strung along he's been with with his crazy brother and and the mess he's been drawn into. But he full-on lies to his wife about getting this job. And I'm thinking, whilst he's mid-car chase, being hunted by the police, and I thought you, I thought you were deep down an honourable person, but you're blatantly lying to your wife. I didn't like it. I didn't like that bit. I thought if he'd have just come out and said, listen, I've got involved with this, I'm doing it for the right reasons, that would have resonated a bit more with me than what we got. Yeah, because you didn't get the wife's reaction to any of it until the very, very, very end when she turns up at the hospital and sees him almost dying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right about that. One thing, in fact, this film is is plentiful for things I've never seen in a film before, but I've never seen somebody being driven over by a vehicle and then dragged out from underneath it and seeing the aftermath of a tyre just plowing its way down the centre of someone. That was quite shocking. I've never seen that before. Was that when they first escaped from the bank? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Going all around the ice, but it just occurred to me yeah. that... Very graphic in some scenes, this film, isn't it, as well? Yeah, gory. Are you familiar... Sorry, are you familiar with the amber lamps meme? No. Okay, because when I saw the title for this film, all I thought about was amber lamps. (laughs) Uh, That rings a bell. I vaguely remember it, but I feel like it shows our our age. That it was... um, It was an unknown woman who briefly appeared in the background of a video that went viral. That's yeah. all I could think yeah. about here in this town. Um, sorry. Right. Oh, sorry. No, whilst you're on with that, what's with this fucking helos thing? Have you ever heard that before? No. Get these helos out of here. Oh, Everyone God, calling right. them helos. What no, the fuck was no. that about? I didn't like that. No. No. Helicopters. Just say helicopters. Yeah. Because it doesn't even seem like it's easier to say helos than helicopters. It's not shorter. No. Stupid. Anyway, James, what are we reviewing next week? X, the new horror film that is about young filmmakers setting out to make an adult film in Texas, but things got a bit wrong. It's an A24 film, which is the sign of quality. So we're going to review it. Yeah. And this marks the first time that we will be going to the cinema together since No Time to Die which is travesty, really. What's that? Five months. All that I asked, James, is that you don't repeat your past behaviour of when we went watching a slightly explicit film many years ago when the woman at the desk says, are you aware this film contains adult content? And you say, yes, I am. Don't do that, please. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you very much for listening. If you wish to follow us, you can do so at In The Hours Podcast on Instagram. You can also email us at inthealthpodcast at gmail.com and leave us a five-star review and rating wherever you may listen. James, any parting words of wisdom for those in a health crisis or an injury perhaps they've suffered? 
if you live in the UK, just drive yourself to the hospital. It will be quicker than waiting for an ambulance.